Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Where are you? I can't see you. Oh, I don't like it. Hello? Come Hello? to my Hello? voice. Hello? Hello? If you are so listening away. to this, it's probably not going to be that much different, although it will sound slightly different. Mm. If you're watching this, you'll notice there's a big change. Mm. It's because we're following government guidance. And for the final two podcasts of the year, that being this week's one and next week's one, we are doing it distanced. Mm-hmm. So Ashton yeah. and I are in our houses and Peter is in the office. I'm in the actual podcast room and um, Cultaholic were using the room just before me. And as they've left, they've turned on the triple jump thing on the tv for me Aww. Aww, i think they nice. thought for i think they Get thought i might spirit. be on camera so they've put it on for me so i'm the room is set up pretty much as you would expect if you're listening you, at home or watching you it can't home. see it no i haven't Not got the allowed. christmas decks up there i'm afraid oh um, <laughs> they're all over the floor so i suppose it's time to ask where are we walking today yeah oh, yeah oh. Can we be dashing through the snow? I was going to say something Christmassy. Should we be dashing through the snow next week? Because that's sort of our Christmas podcast, right? I guess. True. I guess. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Dashing through the mud then today. Yeah, I guess. That's what we want. Let's dash through that winter mud. Mm. Yep. You always end up going out for a walk, don't you, at Christmas time? And it's always muddy. Yeah. Always got to put on your wellies. And then... If you've gone home for like just for Christmas, you didn't bring your wellies because why would you bring your wellies? You're going home for Christmas. Why would you bring your wellies home for Christmas? You've just got like your trainers or something. And it's like, okay, guess we're going for a muddy walk in my nice (laughs) trainers, I guess. Chris Reed didn't sing wellies home for Christmas, did he? Absolutely. And then you're like, I'm not going on this walk. I don't have my wellies. And then they're like, now, look, we're here as a family. Don't come on now. Put your You're ruining people. Christmas, Peter. All want to yeah. do it. Come get some fresh air. You've been cooped in front of that game station cube all morning. Oh, my mm. God. The fresh air comment. I forgot yeah. about that. Come get some, get fresh, some fresh air. air. You've got square Ooh, eyes. What does that mean? I'll get COVID. I Blow the cobwebs fresh away. Air. Oh, it's so Disgusting. nice to see you out of your bedroom for once. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Good it's afternoon. The, it's comments like that. As you yeah. come down at <laughs> yeah. half past ten. Oh, Look who's decided to join us. ladyship. So nice of you to grace us with your presence. It awakes. See, All right. It's it's <laughs> single-handedly, it's attitudes like that that created uh, the 
I paused my game to be here slash gamer dane caution gamer at work door sign slash shirt <laughs> yeah. because yeah. nobody nobody who grew up in that environment where you know which is obviously a very fortunate one where you can sit in yeah. your room and play games and then you come out and get mildly ridiculed by people who love you and care about you very much nobody wanted those that no. was created for mums by mums. It's also sure. that attitude that exacerbates the desire to stay in your room and play mm. games. Absolutely, like, it is. If I wake up at like, if I've slept in a bit and it, it's like half ten or dare I say it, eleven o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, <gasps> oh man, then I'm sort of I feel like, well, if I stay in my room now until like mid afternoon, then I can go downstairs and if they try and like sass me, I can just pretend I, I'd be like. Uh, I've been up since nine actually I've just been like doing work or whatever you know so yeah. it makes me yeah. want to not go go downstairs and see the family exactly the same with me mm. exactly the same I well, agree this is our video game podcast as you may have guessed <laughs> next week will be our final podcast of the year it will be our Christmas themed one so if you're a patron of a certain tier we'll get to that in a sec maybe I don't know uh, you can submit questions so get get thinking up those Christmas gaming questions and a quick shout out at the top here uh, for patrons again get my words out we are going to be doing our annual game of the year show uh, the first show back in the new year of course we want to run through the uh, patron voted game of the year alongside ours so uh, pay attention to the Patreon in the coming week or so. There'll be a post going up telling you exactly how you can get involved. We're sponsored, though, aren't we, Peter, each and every week? We are. It's very exciting. Have you heard? Did you see at the Game Awards? There's that new um, uh, Unreal Engine 5 experience based on a uh, a movie um, that is coming out where everyone looks a bit photorealistic but slightly uncanny. You aware I don't of no, I don't remember this. Can you oh, explain well, it in more detail, please? It's very exciting, Ashton. Um, oh, yeah. They have, uh, Unreal have contacted the estates of um, Sid James, Barbara Windsor, <laughs> Kenneth Williams, all, oh, of no. the, all of the big carry-on stars. Um, it's going to be super exciting. Coming soon, The Matron Awakens, an Unreal Engine 5 experience. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. I don't think I understand this one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot of people are going to not think understand I that. They're not. Maybe I'm too young for this one. It's entirely <laughs> possible. I mean, we're too young for that one, but we're. I think we're maybe vaguely aware of it as a cultural reference. Um, Someone's not watching Channel Five on a Sunday. Yeah, afternoon. clearly you've yeah. never seen Carry On Roman or whatever. It's Carry On Caesar. I don't know what any of them. Are Camping called. is one. Camping I think. is like the only one that I'm aware of because that is like moderately actually quite you know entertaining. But I have I've... not one clue what you're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I'm like racking my brain. And I mean, Hello Matron is the only thing that even remotely is in my brain in this situation, and I I don't know what that's from. So right. I'm just gonna. Um, is this a good one, Ben? Is it a good uh, one? Yeah, oh, he's done. One. He's done very well. I'm very proud of uh, Peter thank Austin. You. Thank you, Ben. Um, unfortunately, as well as it being <laughs> a good one, seemingly it's also a false one because it's a lie. Oh, beans! Oh, that's okay. that's right, it. Ashton. We are not sponsored by a movie tie-in <laughs> Unreal Engine experience game based on the popular blue film franchise. Carry on from yes. the what. 70s I, yeah i right. want to say 70s but citation needed i yeah. don't know for sure i can't say that i've ever watched one 
No, I've only <laughs> um, watched one in full. Uh, it was on. It was on a school bus. Can you believe we were on oh, a school I, trip? You know what? I actually I can, believe can believe that it, yeah. that's the kind of. Hundred percent. Oh, I swore. No. Oh no! Oh, it's because you're at home. No. Oh beans! That's the kind of stuff <laughs> that they uh, that they put on a school bus trip. But it's kind of like it's a bit. It's a bit saucy, and it's mostly innuendo. Ashton, these films are like very super innuendo heavy. Kind of oh oh those kind oh, of films. Matron. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you occasionally get bits of like women in very large old fashioned lingerie and stuff like that. Um, so I don't really know why it was on a school bus, but we're on a school trip going away somewhere and they played that. So I don't know if someone just brought it and was like, oh, I'm going to pop that in the DVD player. But uh, Probably the bus drivers. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. It's Brought a bus driving kind of series, I think. Yeah, they love it. Bus drivers listening, can you confirm? Yeah, they carry yeah. on fans. Uh, so no, we're not we're not sponsored by that. No. Well, we are sponsored by, as we are each and every week, are our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. One dollar is all it takes to get access to the question post and you could submit your questions that could be featured on this show. As I said a minute ago, you can also get access to the uh, game of the year thing too. And we'll run mm-hmm. down the top voted games of the year as voted by you alongside mine. Peters, Ashton's, and James Jenkins, who will be making a special podcast appearance to run down his Game of the Year choices as well in the new year. So, again, keep an eye out for that. And that's uh, that's $1 a month. That's, you know, it's a fortnightly, uh, it's a weekly podcast, sorry. So that's, mm. you know, it is. it's like 25 pence per, or cents, 25 cents. cents 20p, maybe. 20p, perhaps, yeah. Bargain. It's pretty good. It's pretty good value. There's loads of other tiers available as well. Uh, obviously, we've completely shaken up our uh what's it called patreon output mm. uh over the past few months so there's loads of cool rewards and tiers go check them all out um well so one tier you get access to the after dark podcast which uh, is fortnightly and we're going to record right after this one so mm-hmm. you might want to listen to that <laughs> there's another thing though isn't there peter uh, there is. Uh, there's another thing that you can do to support us, and that is by going to Triple Jump uh, Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. If we get to 10,000 followers, we will pay James Jenkins. We mm. will pay Ashton Matthews. We oh, will love not pay the mods. Um, and that is a promise. And so- Peter and I can get more caviar. We can, yeah. We it's can. really hard, you know, every day when I am, I can't have lunch because I've not been paid this week because no one's, people haven't followed the Facebook page. And I look mm. over and there's Ben and Peter eating their caviar on crackers. Throwing it it's, in yeah. the bin because there's too yeah, much. Just there's too much it. of it. Yeah, mm. it's hard. Throwing it to the birds. Calling it's my chauffeur life, to run it back to my third home. And yeah. In the, uh, in the chest fridge. Yeah, it, it's really hard. So if you could just follow the Facebook page, um, maybe one day in the distant future, I'll be able to afford my own caviar and I'll yeah. finally get to see what it's like living the dream. Or at least a Tesco basic ham sandwich. Yeah, yes. I'll take a basic ham sandwich, to be fair, as long as it's not got mayonnaise ham. in it, because mm. gross. Mayonnaise? What Ugh. are you talking about? Gross. Hate it. Yeah. So please follow the Facebook page. Thank you so much. Please, thank you. I've got a question here. It's from oh. Paul McGee, who says, All right, Bap, 
What is your take on Sony announcing the super splendid colourful plates for the PS5? Is this giving people what they want, or a shameless cash grab for something that should really have been an option at launch? I personally think the black plates will be the biggest seller, as we were all expecting the PS5 to be a sleek black console, and now it messes up the feng shui in my game room. Love all the content as always. Pope McGee, X. X. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Pope. Um, Thank you, Paul. I think it would be a bit far to say that it is a shameless cash grab. I think I wouldn't necessarily have expected different colored consoles to be an option at launch. It's nice when you do have that uh, at launch. I think the Switch had a couple of options, didn't it, from the very beginning? Um, uh, I think you could. it, it was red and blue, I think, but you could purchase other colored Joy-Cons, oh, yeah, I believe. so it wasn't an option to just choose, well, yeah, okay. But no, even, I don't even think so, so. You know, if, you, if there's the option to have a different color console at launch, I think that's just a, an extra benefit, really. I would never mm. expect that to be an option. Um, so I, in that sense, I wouldn't call it a shameless cash grab to have, you know, it, it's not like they've held back on that and decided, oh, we're going to release it later on and charge people extra. You know, like <laughs> EA with The Sims, where they're like, we're not going to add pets until like yeah. three months down the line. You know, it's yeah. not that. Um, and I also agree with Paul in the the sleek black console that we all wanted is, uh, you know, that I think is maybe going to be the biggest selling point for uh, some people. Like, so for me, to answer the main question, I... I've never really been that bothered about like what color my console is. I've never bought um, a, a special um, like DualSense controller uh, or anything like that. I've never really gone out of my way to get cosmetic upgrades for my console or my hardware. However, the one thing that I do find appealing is perhaps having a black console just to match everything else in the room. You know, um, I think in that sense uh that's that's quite appealing but uh yeah i'm not i'm not gonna go buying a pink one or a blue one or a purple one i don't think the color options are that great to be honest like i see what they're going for they've got this whole kind of isn't it galaxy that yeah it's like a space kind of vibe isn't it it's like uh it's also the colors of the bisexual flag which i mean a lot of people love yeah i saw that including me oh i hadn't noticed that but that's good yeah okay cool (laughs) the light blue one i think looks extremely cheap personally yeah it looks like something you'd get from from wish Mm -hmm. yeah i don't like it so uh yeah i won't be buying any of the colored uh ones but you know i could maybe be tempted by the black one if i felt like it was worth spending that money on i mean at the moment i'm not it's i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend money just to like make my console black but you know i see a practical purpose for that one is what i'm saying mm. yeah ashton are you gonna buy uh, one of each so you can have the bisexual flag in your uh <laughs> your living room so well, cost I'd, have to, I'd have to buy three ps5s that's what i mean yeah you have so, to find I mean, them first that's true i have I and mean, we have two if i if i stole my boyfriend's but you know i kind of i really like the like red one the ready pink one that they brought out that matches the controller that they'd already yes i have that controller that is a nice looking one i really wanted one of those controllers and really wanted well now i've seen that i kind of do really want the red one but also i'm probably not gonna bother purchasing it for a while maybe it's something i'll ask like my parents for for my birthday when they're like what do you want and i'm like i have no idea uh, this thing, I guess, um, might like that's probably. I, I don't know if I, it's only fifty quid, isn't it? So it depends if I'm drunk or not, and I see it. 
and I buy it is probably <laughs> the most realistic So that's going to happen then? That sounds yeah, like confirmation Yeah, probably. It'll be me. like the 28th and I'll be like a bottle of rosé down. And I'll be like, do you know what? I do want the red one and I'll mm. buy it. Um, but I think the wit- I think the thing about this that is kind of the most dodgy by Sony is the fact that they've uh, like threatened to sue companies that have made black faceplates for just like externally outside of Sony. Um, There was the one D brand that's in Canada um, that was making black faceplates for the last couple months. Because this, I've got an article from October that um, is basically them saying, F Sony, they tried to sue us um, and they've had to take their like dark plates off sale because... Sony said, you can't make these. They're ours, basically. Um, They were 50 quid, the ones that they were selling, or $50. So I wonder if Sony were like, well, ours will be $50. And if you are selling yours for a bit cheaper, people are more likely to buy your black faceplate than they are our black faceplate. I know that some people really care about um, if it's official branding, and some people don't really care as long as it looks nice. but I think that's the only thing about it is the fact that Sony threatened to sue a company that were making faceplates for people just so that they could kind of capitalize on the market a bit. Um, I wonder if it's just because it was a black one and they know that the black one will sell really well. Yeah. Or if it's... Because uh, I imagine there's some on Etsy that you can get that are like patterned or you could probably get some that are like hand designed and stuff i think on etsy which mm-hmm. are probably more expensive and if you're going to get that you're probably more likely to just kind of pay for it um but i think because it was a black faceplate that they were selling i think that sony were like well we're gonna do that and we want us to sell more so you can't sell the black one anymore um but i do wonder if they'll just say no one's allowed to sell faceplates and then we're you know, stuck with the bright pink, bright blue ones. Um, but yeah. it depends. I think there'll be someone's cup of tea. And I, I, like you said, I do think the black ones will sell the most because that was everyone's main complaint, wasn't it? That it was white. They didn't want a white one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's a good alternative to just selling a whole different console. Um, That's you true. Know, they, they could have just said... The only way you're going to get a black one is if you buy a new PS5 in black. That's the only way you're going to get it. Um, So it's cheaper than having to buy a brand new console if you wanted a black one. So on that respect, it's pretty good. (laughs) But but, yeah, that's why you've got a unofficial black faceplate, haven't you, Ben? I do. Can we stop stop, stop saying it in that order? Because it sounds so dodgy to begin with. Black face plate. Uh, black yeah. black faceplate, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every every time it's been it. said, sorry. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, no, I don't have that, but I do have a faceplate that is black. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yes, well, as soon as they showed off in that first breakdown video that you could take the plates off, the mm. possibilities were limitless, right? People could yeah. make their own. Uh, people could take them off and customize them. A friend of mine took his plates off and like spray painted them and stuff, and like put a cool pattern on them. I was going to say you could just do that, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you very, you very much could. Um, and yeah, you're right, Ashton. I think sort of warring with third parties wasn't a great look, to be honest. Mm. And I'm very surprised that it took them this long to start releasing this stuff, especially considering that they released the 
black controller and i think it's cosmic red is what they call that sort of pinky yeah, red color and the, and the um, blue one yeah the oh no, no last as in the the controllers they've released the controllers before that was like uh, yeah, earlier this it, year there wasn't there a midnight blue or a midnight black and a red one yeah yeah there? black a black and a red one yeah, yeah. um not a blue one uh, yeah. i still can't believe they haven't done like a dark blue one to be honest but considering yeah. they released those controllers a while ago it feels like maybe the faceplate should have come shortly after, perhaps. Um, so yeah. it's it's taken them a long time. I'm glad that the option is there. I don't know that it's a cash grab, but I do think that it's too expensive. Um, mm. They're they're like fifty five quid, I it think. Can't cost I that saw much to produce. Them. It yeah. really doesn't because I bought my. This was part of my issue when there was this warring thing going. Especially was it D Brand? Was that what it was called? D Brand. That was the one. Yeah, yeah. They were making such a fuss about it publicly, and you know they're well within their rights because it's you know they're a company and they need to make money and stuff. And Sony were trying to hamstring them, but they were clearly trying to capitalize on like the public backlash that nobody wants a white PS5. That they were like, yeah. oh, I can't believe Sony is guys. Sony's targeting me again, guys. <laughs> And it was just this ongoing thing that was such a headache for me as someone who went on Etsy immediately and bought a pair of third-party faceplates. Just didn't want to see anymore. Because anyone who wants these can just buy them and has been able to buy them through independent sellers on Etsy from the very beginning. It didn't take me long to customise mine and it cost me £34. The only thing that's different and that I do, that I may in time come to regret, but this is a real uh, cosmetic thing, um, is that it doesn't have the PlayStation logo stencil in on one of the sides like mm. the official ones do. But that's it. They're functionally identical. Yeah. Well, you can get like wraps for your, like vinyl wraps for your PS5 plates on Etsy for like 20 quid. Mm. There's even one. Oh my God, why would you ever do that? There's one where it's like you can add your own photo to your PS5 vinyl. <laughs> oh no. And it's got like a stock image of like a couple in love on a oh, PS5. Beautiful. And it says next to it, it says... Gifts, ideas for boyfriends. <laughs> oh, oh, that's nice. That's something your mum would send you. Yeah. It's like gets advertised to her on Facebook and she's like, oh, yeah. imagine. And she comes over and you have to put it on out of guilt and you have to deface your PlayStation <laughs> Every time with she's this coming over, awful, you have to quickly dust off the, the, the blurry, blown up family yeah. photo where someone's slightly cropped off the side yeah. and it's well, stretched it's- wrong. It's also like this on the same thing. It's also for the controller. So you can, but like the controller just, they've kind of stretched the picture over the face of the controller. It looks mm-hmm. ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can get them for like 20 quid. I'm glad that, on. It's, that it's an option. Um, I do think yeah. if people want one, they can get one right now for cheaper. Um, yeah. And you can find them very easily on Etsy. You just search PS5 and that's it. It's dead simple. Um, I'm glad it's an option, but it should have been done sooner. It could have been handled a lot better, and it should be cheaper. But it's there. And they're doing lots of different colors. And you're right, Ashton. They're not selling us a brand new console each time. If they did, that would really be taking the the piss, because Mm. the plates come off. (laughs) They would still find a way, though. I wouldn't be surprised. They would. It's like how um, the Switch sold the, like, Animal Crossing Switch that had, like... uh, the back of it was patterned with like Animal Crossing kind of logos and stuff. Mm. Um, but that was like the only difference was the fact that they'd like put a decal over most of the the console and they just resold the, the Switch as a whole. You couldn't just get like, I think you could eventually just get the Joy-Cons, but you couldn't get like just Animal Crossing mm-hmm. Joy-Cons externally from the, the actual console itself. 
for a while until after I think they I think they did eventually but I I it was a while afterwards yeah so it happens quite a lot you know Xbox yeah. and PlayStation have done it Xbox have had various Halo versions and PlayStation yeah. PS4 yeah. had loads of different editions they had Star Wars and Spider-Man and mm. you know, uh, Final Fantasy all sorts um and you I would love the option to buy some of those controllers separately you know yeah uh, but uh but there we are well it's time for something, isn't it, Ashton? Yeah, we've never done this before. It's a special because we're doing it from home. Mm. Um, you know, we thought, mix it up, try something new. Um, it's time to talk about what we play in. Oh. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what we are playing. Peter Austin, what have you been playing? I have almost finished Grand Theft Auto 3. I can't believe how long Ooh. it's taken me. I mean, I've not been playing it mm. like you know hours and hours every night back to back kind of thing but i've you know what basically it's all i've really been playing for the past couple of weeks and mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean I, I don't always sit down every night and play games but it's kind of taken me a little while there are there's more things to do in that game than i remember um you know and it, it's nothing it's not like super exciting side quests or there's not even that many interesting collectibles but there's like a, just a few little extra bits and bobs that you can do that kind of keep you entertained you can um there's those uh bonus like vehicular based uh missions you can do where you can if you jump into a police car or an ambulance or a, a fire engine you can uh activate like you, you drive around and like try and catch criminals or take people to the hospital or put out fires and stuff so you know that's that's always there if you feel like you want a break from gang crime um and then there's also i totally forgot about this uh but on in the in the docks on the first island there's this garage that outside has this huge list of um vehicles stuck to it um just like pinned to the wall and you have to bring like one of every vehicle to this garage and slowly you know cross them off the list and then once you've done that you can go back to that garage at any time and you can spawn in any one of them and the last one that you could, that you take there is the rubbish dodo plane that doesn't really fly in that game so i don't know if you guys i don't know how familiar you guys are with gta 3 but when you get to the third island um there's an airport and you can't jump in any jets or helicopters in that game it's like predates all of that it was vice city onwards where i think you could fly helicopters but um there's this one little like rubbish kind of indiana jones propeller plane uh that and it has it's like its wings are like too short it looks really stupid and you can it will only fly if you're going a certain speed and you can only gain speed when you're on the ground like revving the engine so basically you drive along a runway which gets you enough speed to get it into the air but then once you're in the air you start to just lose speed immediately and eventually you'll just run out of lift. And if you're really good with it and it takes a lot of practice, you have to like gain altitude while you've got speed. And then when you run out of speed, you like nose down and like plummet towards the earth. And then that allows you to gain more speed and then you can pull up at the last minute before you like crash into the sea. So, uh, you know, that's 
it's fun to do, even though it just doesn't work at all. And that's the last vehicle you have to get to this uh, dock. So now I'm able to spawn in a plane from this garage whenever I want, which is... Uh, nice. Yeah, it's been nice. moderately entertaining. And there have been, you know, the bugs that have been almost keeping me going back, to be honest. You know, I just can't really get enough of them. Uh, it's not <laughs> broken to the point that it's unplayable. It's just stupidly entertaining. Every single time I play, something happens. So... Uh, yeah, nearly finished with that. Um, and I also, I, I actually played a little bit of uh, Crash 4 this week. Um, I just, mm. uh, I saw someone had posted one of the music tracks on Twitter, someone I follow. And I was just listening to it thinking, man, this game it has such a good soundtrack. And it just made me think, yeah, it's been a while. Like, I've not played that game since it originally released. And I, you know, played it kind of uh, from start to finish. I never 100%ed it. And I never will because those time trials are just not fun enough to warrant grinding through. But mm -hmm. uh, I just thought, you know, i go back and just play through the levels and, and re-experience it again. So I've been doing a little bit of that this week. I don't think I'll necessarily go all the way through, but uh, yeah, I just thought, oh yeah, not played that since it came out. So um, just a little bit of Crash 4 too. Uh, Lovely. Ashton. Thanks so much, Peter. It's so That's nice okay. to hear what you've been playing on this no brand new segment. Yeah. Um, so me and MB have been hanging out this week. Um, he's currently in Newcastle and uh, he bought Hyrule Warriors with him um, mm -hmm. for the Switch. So we had a go at that um, in the co-op mode because um, you can do the story in co-op. And I have to be honest, I didn't have a single clue what was going on the whole time. Um, I was trying to follow the map and it was basically like, if something's pulsating, that's where you have to go on the map. But at certain points, like everywhere was just like flashing. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand what's happening. I'm just spamming the like punch button and the jump button and hoping for the best. Um, I mean, it was fun, but I, I didn't have a single clue what was going on the whole time. Um, but just smashing through waves of enemies is like what? 50 100 enemies just like surrounding you and just being able to just take them all out in a matter of seconds is quite satisfying i have to be honest um but yeah i did not have a clue what was going on i've also played this week some death loop and i have to be honest i love it <laughs> i've really enjoyed it i played it over the weekend um on mb's ps5 and i he, he was kind of watching me play it because he was like, oh, I want you to try this and see what it's like. And um, I managed to find like three or four different things in my first couple run-throughs that he'd never seen before, that, that he hadn't found in his kind of run-throughs oh, as nice. well. Um, so I felt proper smug because I was like, I am so pro at this game. I'm finding all of the secrets. I managed to find like two orange guns on my first couple like run-throughs, which are really good, obviously. Nice. Um and again, felt really, really proud of myself. Um, and I, I think it's really clever. I've really enjoyed it. I know that I kind of preemptively know that the end is maybe a bit disappointing, but from what I've played so far, I've really enjoyed it. And it's been fun to kind of piece together the order of what I need, like what I need to do things in. Like, and I need to go to a certain area because it's the only time I can kill a certain person thus far. Um, that I kind of hadn't even thought about until I realized that that was the only time I could go and get her. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's really clever and I love the mechanics of it. And I, I thought I wouldn't like it because I don't really like having to redo things over and over again, but I've always found something different and I've always kind of, 
explored and found something else. I've managed to kill people purely by accident. I think I killed one of the Just visionaries. Just like in uh, uh, House of Ashes. Whoops. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, just my violent streak has come in handy in this game. Um, <laughs> I just kind of shot someone and they were like, visionary killed. And I was like, huh? What do you mean? How did I, who? I don't even, You're like okay, if Mr. Cool. Bean was an assassin. Yeah, basically just the most accidental assassin I've ever, you've ever encountered. Um, but I've been really enjoying it and I'm really excited to play some more over the weekend. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. I'm determined. I'm like, hello, boyfriend. Hello, cats. Please don't talk to me. I've got to play Deathloop. <laughs> um, I just, I think it's such a good game. And I, it's all I've been thinking about all week. And it's hard because I haven't been able to play it since I came back to Newcastle. So uh, I'm excited to play some more Deathloop. Nice. Um, what about you, Ben? What have you been playing? Yeah. Well, I just got the platinum in Deathloop uh, over the weekend. Yeah. So I've finally done it all. I've done, I've finished it and it took <laughs> bloody ages. It was a real, some of those last few trophies were, you have to follow, you do have to follow a guide for this. Like there's no way you're going to accidentally do this. And um, by the way, if you mess even one small aspect up, you're going to have to do it all over again. Um, oh. Sucks for you. So there was a lot of <laughs> trial and error. Sometimes things, I know there've been a lot of problems with trophies that are bugged. And there was one in particular that just simply was not working for me. I followed several different approaches to doing it. It was basically taking out one of the visionaries in a very specific way. Um, right. And seemingly there's a lot of different ways you could do it. None of them were working for me. I started a new game after I, I spent like three hours trying to do it and getting more and more cross uh, because every time I messed it up, I had to quit out, come back in, and then run through the entire level to get to the visionary, which is mm. super time-consuming. Um, and I ended up shelving it, doing all the other trophies, and then coming back to that one last and uh, started a new game after it still didn't work and ran through the game up until the point where you have the ability to go to that visionary, which was maybe like an hour and a half still didn't work so clearly there was just something wrong with the version that i had installed or like maybe the latest patch had buggered it up right, but yeah. there were lots of people online saying they had the same problem so i deleted the game put the disc back in and then paused the patch so i was playing it without a day one patch and let me tell you there's a there's a lot that's been polished <laughs> since <laughs> since it launched a lot of weird Good. things the main menu logo is different um the oh. sort of there's basic rare very very nice and uh, and legendary that's sort of how i would categorize the sort of rating system of things in that game and yeah. the trinkets that you can attached to your character and weapons they only come in three flavors which is basic gray uh rare blue and sort of purpley pinky color yeah. uh, which is the best one the blue ones as i discovered used to be green because they're green oh. in the unpatched version i thought that was oh. an interesting little little thing there but basically i got <laughs> to that that boss had to run through the start of the game again and uh, and it worked i got the trophy and um so clearly there was just something wrong with the version i was playing so that's done Deathloop platinumed. 
like Ashton, I really, really enjoyed this game. I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed it. But as I said before, it took me a while to get there. I didn't like it to begin with, but uh, it really, really grew on me. And now it's done forever, which is sad. So there we are. Uh, I've also been playing some Far Cry 6 still in co-op, having some having some fun with the bugs still, which is <laughs> yeah. nice. Uh, sliding around on the floor. No, no running animation, which is great. And I also set up and started my Series S for the first time. Ooh, oh, which is very exciting. So I put the AA batteries into my controller and I thought, what year is this? Why am I yeah. putting <laughs> why am I putting physical batteries into this controller? And I downloaded the Master Chief collection and Halo yeah, I saw Infinite. I tweet that you were wondering whether to play... Uh... Yeah, where do I start? Do I start or do I just go straight for Infinite? I don't know. Everyone seems to be saying, play some of them and then watch a lore recap video and then play Infinite. So (laughs) that's my Christmas break goal. Uh, But I also downloaded Psychonauts 1 and 2. So we'll see how far through I get because there's a lot of games to play there and I haven't actually played anything on it yet, but it's it's set up and it's ready to go. So Mm -hmm. that will be my, my next mission, I think. And that's all I've played. Excellent. Beautiful. I have a question. Okay. This one comes from Michael Milan. It says, Greetings, Baptacular comrades. When I was younger, I would play the same games on loop or look for long-lasting experiences. Now, I thrive for, for variety in gaming and so look for shorter experiences. A strong 7-15 hour story is really the sweet spot for me. And when a game goes past the 25 hour mark, I find myself losing interest. Sure there's, an, sure, there's the occasional Breath of the Wild or Persona 5 exception, but generally speaking, that's the rule. This brings me to my question, or questions. Mm. What's your ideal game length, and has that opinion changed over time? And do you have any exceptions? Hmm. Hmm. Well, thank you for the question. Um, I think it's a bit hard to say, really. I think maybe, yeah, for me, something like the 10 to... 20 hour mark is the kind of the sweet spot for me but really Mm. as much as anything i think it comes down to it's more of a for me it's more of a question of like linear versus open i just find if there's like if a game is too open and there's too much for me to do then that's what will put me off as opposed to a a linear game that has direction or even an open linear game you know that's going to just sort of guide me um, even if that linear game, that hypothetical linear game is, you know, if it was like 30 hours long, I would feel like at least, I know, which is unlikely, but just for argument's sake, you know, if, if it was like a 30 hour linear game, um, I, I would at least feel like, well, I know that I'm going the right way. I'm doing the right thing here, as opposed to, you know, sometimes if a game is, is very open-ended, you don't even necessarily know exactly what is and isn't contributing towards the end goal. And you feel like you might be wasting your time, like, you know, grinding in a certain way or exploring areas that you don't need to explore and so on. And that's something that I think has changed for me very, uh, well, not very recently, maybe over the past like year or two, um, where I used to be really uh, a huge fan of open world sandbox games that give you a lot of freedom, give you a lot of map to explore, um, and and you know allow you to create your own character as well like i used to be a big fan of rpgs generally now Mm. i'm not like completely against that entire thing um i'm still looking forward to the next elder scrolls when it eventually comes out i'll get it on pc um or if i've got a, a series s by then i'll get it on xbox um but you know generally i'm i'm now just 
I just like being directed. And I think that is partly down to just the time constraints I've got in, in my evenings and weekends. I've got way less time. I think I mean fewer, Ben. Do I mean fewer? You mean I lessened. Few, lessened time <laughs> on uh, my weekends and in my evenings to play <laughs> video games. And so I like to know that the game that I'm playing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get to the end in a reasonable amount of time and mm-hmm. be able to feel that satisfaction. Whereas, if something's too long, too open, um, I've talked before again uh, as well about how um, if if it's been too long since I've played a, a session of a game, I can very easily drop off. Even though, really, yeah. if I actually just put in the effort of sitting down, booting it up and getting back into it. It wouldn't take me long to remember where I was, remember the controls, remember the tactics and stuff. But there's a little bit of me in my head that if it's been more than even just like a a week or so uh, since I've played a game that's got any kind of big scale to it, it, I can find I find it really difficult to sit down and uh, start playing it again. So I think it really does help just to have a very focused experience for me at the moment. Uh, but as I say, there are exceptions like you know Elder Scrolls and um, well other games too. Spider Man, you know that's <laughs> certainly it's not yeah. a huge world, but it certainly gives you yeah. a lot of freedom to do lots of different things. So um, yeah, certainly there are exceptions, but. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm more of a linear versus open kind of guy rather than a duration kind of guy. Um, Ashton. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about Spider-Man as well. Um, being, I think, one of the most recent, like, first playthroughs of a game where I've kind of played it all and done everything and found everything. Um, but I, I think it, I do tend to, f- like, flip-flop a bit between whether I want a short linear game or whether I want to spend two weeks playing Far Cry 6 and doing everything I want in Far Cry 6 for, you know, the entire two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think it it depends kind of... I don't know if it's like how I'm feeling, but I think I tend to go for like a big game and then I will want a couple of smaller games or shorter games to kind of pop like jump between rather than just sit and play one game for a really long time yeah um i think more so like you say more so now than i think i have previously with this job having kind of more games to play and kind of being more kind of proactive with the games that i play now i think i'm less likely to pick up a game that i know is really really long and I also think when someone tells me a game is a certain length, if it's kind of longer than like, you know, 20 hours, like you were saying, I think it puts me off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I I don't really want to play that then. I don't, yeah, you know, I see people like, oh, the game's like 75 hours long. I think we were talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla a little while ago in the office and someone said, oh yeah, it's about a 75 hour long game. And I was like, well, gross. I don't want to play that. That's too <laughs> yeah. long. Mm-hmm. I was doing, just I rec- put me off. I recorded a voiceover yesterday for that uh, was about really long games, and mm. uh, one of them was like four hundred hours long to do everything. Yeah. and I was like, no, no, thank you. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I think agree. that yeah, I think that that's the thing. I think that that sounds like such a long period of time to finish a game and I just don't have the patience for it. I, I've, you know, I bounced, I bounced on and off of Assassin's Creed Valhalla 
because I just, there was so much. Every time I was like, oh good, I've done an area. I've zoomed back out on the map and there's still like an insane amount of map left. Mm. I think the same with like Origins was, oh, well, I've done this area, great. And I was like almost finishing the game and there was two huge areas in the middle of the map that I just hadn't even needed to go to throughout the game. And I was like, well, I don't want to leave. What if there's something in there that's important, like a side mission? You know, what if there's a bit of story that I'm missing? I'll have to go and explore this whole area in the middle of the desert um, because the game hasn't taken me there. But I, yeah, I think that big open world maps now seem a lot more kind of daunting and a lot more off-putting than I think they used to. Um, though, like I say, Far Cry 6 is a decent sized map, you know, it's pretty big. And uh, it it didn't put me off. I decided that that was the game that I wanted to play because I was enjoying it. But I think if something else had come out during me playing Far Cry 6 that I really wanted to play, I wouldn't have picked it back up, I think. I probably would have bounced off it. But I do tend to go like f- towards a shorter game. But again, it's just like I like putting it in numbers always seems like such a yeah a, a difficult kind of thing to do. And also, when people put it in numbers, I think it sounds so much worse than it is. Like playing a game for seven hours isn't that hard. No, the hearing a game is seven hours long feels like a lot of time to play a game. You know, so it. Yeah, I think it depends on the game and it depends on my mood and how I'm feeling. Um, but I do tend to, to kind of play a bit of both. There isn't any specific exceptions I can think of. Normally, again, it just depends how I'm feeling. Depends how the, the mood takes me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely um, quality dependent, like you were saying. Yeah. Like if, you know, a, a good game that's... Well, it depends if, if you like short games for example uh but if you find a good one that's like 30 hours long then that might keep you uh you know just as entertained or if you're a fan of really long games but there's a really good like short package like a a Mm. five hour game you know you're not going to say no to that if it's something that you're actively enjoying as you're playing it so yeah yeah i think one of the things about far cry 6 that kept me going was that that it was quite jam-packed full of stuff i think the map was big but you would struggle to go you know, a couple of minutes down the road without kind of finding something or mm-hmm. or having to collect something. Whereas sometimes I think they're just like, the map is huge because you have to walk for 20 minutes before you actually find anything. So that's fun, isn't it? And I'm like, no, that's not fun. Not fun I want something to happen, you know, two minutes time. I've got a short attention span. I can't be walking for 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I think it depends on the game. Ben, what about you? I remember when every game was like five to uh, um, at most 15 hours long. Not every Mm. game, but you know what I mean. Like the vast majority of games were talking sort of 15 years ago, slightly longer, you know, slightly longer ago. It was every game was around that length. And as soon as home consoles, because I've never been a PC player, but as soon as home consoles started to get more powerful they could start making these bigger experiences and things got bigger and bigger and bigger. And at the time it was really exciting. Like, yeah, give me oblivion. Give me fallout three. I want to get lost in these worlds. You're telling me that far cry three's map is 10 bajillion square kilometers. Hell yeah. Let's, let's get in there. Let's get, let's let's have fun and play in this world for, you know, the longer a game was almost the more exciting it was for me. 
And that slowly dwindled over the years as I've had less time to play games. And as these, a lot of these games have started to become kind of samey and not really done much to iterate. But even though there are some spectacular, really, really long games, um, you know, they, they really have to do a lot to sell me on them. If I'm going to play those games now, they have to be sort of a big must-play RPG or, or a, or a yeah. narrative adventure. Uh, I mm. do find myself more attracted to the shorter stuff as as time goes by, but I am still tempted by the longer stuff if it really is worth playing. You know, like a like a can't miss experience. Uh, if you give me a game and say you can play this and finish it in one sitting, I'm I'm there. I'm I'm going to do it. This is this is a fully fledged experience from start to finish and it's two hours long two three hours long hell yeah give give that to me yeah. i'll play that that mm-hmm. sounds awesome um but there's also this attitude i think from a lot of people where they judge a game's value based on its length which isn't yeah. really right i mean statistically mathematically yes you do get more bang for your buck but i don't think games should be judged that way you know, just because you're paying sixty pounds for Far Cry or fifty pounds for Far Cry Six doesn't mean you can't also pay fifty pounds for a significantly shorter game that is just you know that's really good. I, I don't know. Mm. I'm, I'm trying trying to put it into words, but I hope you understand what I'm I trying think, to say. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's like the thing with uh, the first Spider Man and then Miles Morales being similar mm. prices, and people said, "Well, Miles Morales is." half the length so why would i pay the same price but i, I think was it was like, short well, I'm it glad was, sorry it, i think it was cheaper it, too wasn't it miles morales yeah it was a bit cheaper yeah but they were like i was like i'm glad it's shorter yeah because yeah. you know it doesn't need to be 20 hours long it can be its own little self-contained 10 12 hour long game or something i was very glad it was shorter because i, yeah, I only me, just finished uh, the first marvel spider-man like i played yeah. that I'd, I'd finally just completed that and it, like in preparation for miles morales and i thought man if the second one had been you know if, if miles morales had just been a, a second marvel spider-man in length it would mm. have been probably too much for me but mm-hmm. yeah it was nice just to have a slightly more um you know it, it's it, you, it was like the story. best of you got the best of the first game the original mm. the you know marvel spider-man without unnecessary bloat and i'm not saying the original was like too big but you know sometimes you just want to experience all the more of the same but just the good stuff kind of thing again mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that a lot of like publishers and stuff and right now are thinking the bigger our game is the better it is therefore yeah keep making it bigger we can charge more money for it and therefore you know it will be better but like you're saying a lot of us don't want those huge games anymore it's it's also the longer you can keep players engaged and if you've got some sort of digital marketplace the longer you can tempt them into buying things as well Uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah i prefer i prefer shorter games but i I will definitely you know and have and do play longer games as and when the mood strikes me but i'm just less inclined to because they're often yeah. quite does the, does the idea of Elden Ring being more open world, does that kind of hit in the middle for you or is that kind of something where it's like, is it going to be longer and more bloated than, you know, other Souls-esque? Uh, potentially. Games? I mean, that's the thing. I don't know for sure without playing the mm. full thing. 
I maintain that this is the next logical step for even just Dark Souls. You know, this, the, yeah. the next place to take mm. it would be open world, even though I would gladly play a game constructed as the first three were forever. I don't I don't think they needed to iterate, <laughs> yeah. but if they were, this is how they would do it. I It very much falls into that category of, if someone told me this game was 60 hours, I would say, oh man, okay. Uh, but if... If someone told me it's 60 hours, but it's uh, it's made by From Software and it's basically open world Dark Souls, then it ticks the box of, okay, now I'm willing to try this. Yeah. Now I'm willing to give this a go, for sure. Mm. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. Very good. It's time to move on to something a little strange. It is. A little peculiar. Yes. Uh, it's called Weird News. Oh. I have paper. I don't know if you do. I'm rattling it. I do also. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Peter, what strange gaming news do you have? Hold on a second, Potter. Weird news just in. The the podcast producers have not been read. <laughs> Help! It's there. I see it. Sorry, we've been, we're going long, and I'm I'm just just forging ahead without them. Sorry, podcast producers. Did you know that if you go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump? You can support us at a certain tier and become one of our wonderful podcast producers. And you get and a shout-out. And be routinely out. forgotten by Ben mm, Potter. Yeah, yeah. intentionally. <laughs> uh, and you get a shout-out at the weird news time. Uh, Ashton, do you want to yeah. start us off? This week's weird news is sponsored by Checkered Omega. Sean Legg. Trick 24. Evan Breidenbach. G.Y. Goliath. Ellie Nicholas. Hutcher 10. Melanie Melody. Oh. oh. Melody L. Bonnet. Harrison Kalnan. Dylan. Gabrielle Philippink. And Katie Jarrett. Amazing Thank you so job. Much. Thank you, Thank very you much. patrons. Thank you. Now, it's time for weird news. Weird news. I've got a weird news here. This was submitted by 
one of you listeners, uh, don't forget you can head to either facebook.com forward slash team triple jump, where you can follow the page, by the way, please, mm-hmm. uh, or twitter.com forward slash team triple jump. And there will be social media posts on there before each podcast recording where you can submit weird news of the week and we might read yours. This one is from uh, Joach Dix. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying that first name right, but thank you very much. Um, it is according to uh, ninegag.com. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Gamer gets banned for 8,000 years for Kim Jong-un KFC car design. <laughs> what? <laughs> the author uh, is listed just as nine gag. It says by nine gag. Um, and it's approximately a one minute read. We'll see about that. A Forza Horizon 5 player was given an 8,000-year ban because his design in question features Kim Jong-un alongside the KFC logo with a Send Nukes hashtag and the New Balance logo, which now reads Nuke Balance. Uh, There is then a screenshot of it, which I'll send to you guys in a moment. Um, In fact, I should send it to you now while I'm reading it. Uh, Copy link. Mm. Uh, Discord. Just yeah. walking you guys through the yeah. process of how I'm sending this. Yeah. Thank um, you. Go to the correct conversation where we're yeah. all we're all talking right now. There it is. And go into the chat and press paste and send. And then you guys yep. can go and look at that. Oh wow. Um there's also then a screenshot of a tweet underneath that says the creator of this decal got banned for 8,000 years in Forza. I will keep it on my drag tuned Isetta forever in his name. Um, so here we go. According to the Reddit post, I want to add that Playground Games has nothing to do with this ban as they do not enforce the game in any way. This ban was issued by the enforcement team at Turn 10 Studios. He continued, I've seen other websites covering this story. I read one saying that my friend may have a history of making these types of liveries while they interviewed a Turn 10 Studios employee. This is not true. I've known him for the better part of over a year, and this is the one and only time he has ever made a livery like this one. Am I saying that right? I'm not aware. I want to say that you are, but I don't know. I only know that in the context of um, you can keep horses in a a livery, and I think it's pronounced like that, but... Um, I think that's the end of the article, actually. It was really a one-minute read. That's wow, very short. Gag. Excellent journalistic uh, quality there. Um, it's just a, a Reddit quote, pretty much. But uh, yeah, okay. So a guy made a KFC Kim Jong-un send nukes decal for his car. Got banned from Forza Horizon 5 for 8,000 years. You can mm. uh, find wow. the link to the article in the description of the podcast. Um, if you want to have a look at it or just, you know, just Google it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I love that it's 8,000 years as well. Like yeah. that's so, such if a long time. If he lives 8,001 years and the servers are still going, they will have to unban him. Yeah. yeah. He'll be sorted. Mm. He'll be sorted. Someone, someone's commented on this post being like, feel the hatred of 8,000 years. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bad. Wow. Ashton, love you got that. some weird news? I do. This news has been all over the internet this week, so you've probably already seen it. But it was 
submitted on Twitter by Ashug and Cameron underscore Keyword, and also on Facebook by Cameron Keyword as well. It was sent to me by Jules, aka Kaplunk Chick, on Twitter, and also by my boyfriend. He sent me okay. it on WhatsApp. He said, <laughs> "Would you? You should use this." And it is, of course, from Kotaku because, of course, it is mm-hmm. um, by Zach Zweizen. And it is, Keanu Reeves is super excited you all tried to mod Cyberpunk 2077 to flip him. And by flip him, I don't mean the flip word, but you can figure that one out for yourself. Um, The Matrix Matrix actor has some wild ideas about virtual sex that his co-star, Carrie-Anne Moss, ain't into. Last year, when Cyberpunk 2077 came out, between all the bugs and problems players encountered, a group of modders decided to try and tinker with the game to let you F1 of its main stars, Keanu Reeves. The famous actor plays Cyberpunk's digital rebel cyberghost, Johnny Silverhand. And while the mod did materialise, the game's devs have had it removed from the popular modding site because... They weren't comfortable letting Keanu's model be used in something so explicit that he didn't agree to. Well, it turns out, the dude is down with the flipping. In an interview with The Verge for The Matrix Resurrections and the recently released Matrix slash Unreal Engine 5 demo, Keanu Reeves admitted that he hadn't yet played Cyberpunk 2077, only having only seen some folks play it for him. However, he still got very excited about the prospect of people modding Cyberpunk 2077 to have sex with his character. But very, we're talking very excited, even fist pumping and cheering when told that his was the most popular request for players looking to bang in-game NPCs. However, when the interviewer explained that, D- that Dev CD Projekt Red had banned the mod because they were not sure they had this permission to do this, Reeves reacted with genuine sadness, even letting out a long, aww, like a kid seeing a box of candy that was just out of reach. Oh. <laughs> When asked how he felt about all this, the play uh, uh, about all this about players wanting to f him in the game, Reeves was pretty positive about it all. Oh my god, it's always nice when it's nice, and you know, said Reeves. However, his Matrix co-star Carrie Ann Moss made sure to interject at, this, at that moment to let folks in dark corners of the internet know that she's very much not down with any kind of virtual effing. Hmm. I, on the other hand, say. No, thank you, said Moss. No, thank you. Keanu's fine with it. At this point, Reeves interrupted his co-star and proceeded to explain how there is a lot of money in porn and how VR and the metaverse, question mark, could be part of some grand plan to let him, let you, F his digital celeb avatar. And then he says, so you, you could not even have to be there. People could have digital sex with your digital avatar when it's, What's it called right now for members only? I think he's talking about OnlyFans. You could do a whole thing. (laughs) Explaining Reeves gushing in a way that makes it seem like he's been thinking about it for quite some time. Oh my God. Then you get the suit that's probably made in Sweden or some German thing. Oh my God. Then you've got the VR thing. Then they've got data on you like arousal metrics. It's around this point that Carrie-Anne Moss gave her thoughts on what she was hearing, adding, I hope... That I do not live. That, that I do not live to see this. But Reeves isn't done. Not even close. He continued even Keanu while at this point. Both read the... the room. Read the actual <laughs> yeah. room that you are in. She's not comfortable with this conversation. <laughs> I know. He continued even while at this point, both the interviewer and his co-star seemed confused and worried about him. 
So then you're in the suit with arousal metrics through your members only, Metaverse X. So then you're like, take everything off. And how do you feel about the relationship you're in? Great, deadpanned Moss. Reeves finished by answering his rhetorical, but then you hold that real thing and you're like, oh man, I'm so glad we have reality. I'm pretty happy we have reality too, considering that I get to watch a new Matrix film in two weeks and listen to Keanu Reeves rave endlessly about virtual sex via VR and the metaverse. And that is it. Wow. That is, yeah. He's into it's it. It's quite something. Have you watched the interview? No, that he no, does? but I've read, I read that. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly as as it's described. Like, it's basically identical to how it is written down, to be honest. He loves it. <laughs> Mm, he it's loves brilliant. it. Absolutely loves it. I deliberately it. didn't click on that article uh, this week because I knew it would come to weird news. So I only knew the headline. Um, but that's quite. That's a lot more than I probably wanted from that story. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think it's more than we all wanted, including Carrie Ann Moss, who seemed to just want to be anywhere but there during that interview, I have to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, dear. I've got some weird news. Oh, yeah. It's from Nintendo Life and uh, written by Damien McFerrin. And it is, uh, at the time of recording, it's just been published. Random. 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 Usain Bolt says Mario Kart helped him become an Olympic champ. Of course it did. Ah. Olympic sprint champ Usain Bolt got to the pinnacle of his profession through hard work, perseverance, and innate natural talent, but he has admitted that video games also played a part in his drive for success. Speaking to BBC Gaming reporter Stefan Powell, Bolt, who is an eight-time Olympic gold medalist and the only sprinter to win 100 metres and 200 metres titles at three consecutive Olympics, discussed how he would sometimes miss training in order to indulge his passion for video gaming. This is a quote. (laughs) For me, those are the things that excite me about video games, just learning and being the best at it. I feel like it kind of helped my hunger, I would say, to always want to win, but I feel like it, in a way, kind of helped out with track and field, because now, when you get on the track, you have that same mentality as when you're playing video games. You just want to win. Powell then jokingly suggests that uh, Bolt's success was down to his time in Mario Kart, to which the champ replied, It helped. It helped. He also added that if he had started his career today, he might think twice about athletics and become an esports pro instead. <laughs> there you are. Wow. So it's not wow. really about Mario Kart at all. Good for he him. Just, he just, just reading the article, Stefan Powell just said, so did your success come to Mario Kart? Did it help? And, he, and Bolt just said, it helped, it helped. That's it. Like, well, that's it then. Mario Kart helped him become a <laughs> champion. That's what that means. <laughs> We've got the headline. We've it's done real. It. That happened. Uh, but yeah, apparently a big gamer. Didn't know that. No. He would be a big gamer even if he you know, didn't play a lot of games because he is a big lad. He's a big boy, yeah. Yeah. Big, large lad. So, big, large lad. Let's Very move on to... Win in a race, Mario in a cart, or Usain Bolt running. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if it, if it was Sonic in a cart, obviously it'd be Sonic. But... Yeah. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. if it's Mario, I'm just not sure. Okay, well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah. Someone arrange that, please. Yeah. Um, so it's time, I believe, to move on to question three. Mm-hmm. If I just mm-hmm. rifle through my papers here. Uh, this is from Rock Reese, who says, Hi again. It's all about togetherness and family around the time of Mr. Chris T. Mass. 
In, uh, in spirit of that, I considered getting some Switch family games for the holidays, but I feel it could go disastrously wrong. Have any of you ever tried playing games with family members and had it just not go well? Let's see if this question causes as much chaos as the last one. You can blame it on my anecdotal questioning. Thank you, Rock Reese. Thank, Thank you, you, Rock Reese. I think I'm fortunate in that I don't think I've ever had it go badly playing games with uh, family members. Certainly not in a kind of party game setting. I do have one memory of um, playing my PS1 uh, and, and my dad walked past and he recognized that uh, the the game was set in London. And he was like, oh, oh, I, he's like, I know that road. It was um, uh, the, the bridge next to... Um, the Houses of Parliament. I don't know which one that is, but, uh, you know, the one that has Big Ben right next to it. Is that mm-hmm. London Bridge? Yeah. Might be. I don't, don't know. know. But I was just driving along there and Big Ben was there. And he was like, oh, I know that road. And he was sort of suddenly, his interest was piqued. And he, I, I guess he'd never really considered that there might be virtual representations of real things in video games. It's not just about, you know, chopping people's heads off or mm. being a purple dragon. Um, now, this is the <laughs> PS1 we're talking here. And he sat down and, and wanted to have a go of this game. Uh, now, unfortunately, the game in question, Ben Potter, it was a racing yes. game set in London on the PS1. Oh, no. Oh, was, no. It was London I, Racer 1. I'm sorry I to say. remember this. You told me this when we did the Worst Games episode. Yeah, probably it. did. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Yeah. So he was like, oh, I know that road. And at the time, I didn't realize just how bad the game was as a child. I don't think I really appreciated that it was as terrible as it is. So he sat down and wanted to play it. And when it came to like picking a vehicle, uh, there are only like two options or like two two locations or something. And he wanted to like try the other ones. And he was like, oh, how do we how do we do that? And I was like, oh, we've not unlocked them yet. And he said, oh, how do you unlock them? And I was like, oh, we have to like play a lot more of the game. And he was like, oh, okay. And he sounded a bit like disappointed. He was a bit sad. Um, so then he sat down and drove a mini through london racer and i don't think really enjoyed it very much and then i don't think ever really played a a video game again Um, (laughs) oh no he's just not a fan uh not because of that necessarily but that might have been an opportunity to actually win him win him round you know uh but no so but in a in a party setting you know playing the wii or playing play link games or anything like that it's always gone like pretty well if you if you choose the right game uh, one that's going to appeal to uh, a, a range of ages and interests, um, mm-hmm. you know, namely Wii games and PlayLink games are the ones to go for. There, then you're probably going to be all right. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't play, you know, Hidden Agenda with my grandma and my mum, but I would maybe <laughs> play Knowledge is Power with them. You know, so uh, funny you should say yeah, that. It's gone. It's gone all right with me. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in a moment, Ashton. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I've played uh, Jackbox with my family quite a lot. Yeah. Um, we, my mum refuses to play Quiplash. She won't play it. She just, she's like, I can't play it. It's not, I'm not funny enough. I don't want to play it. I'm not playing it. So we have to pick like other games that she'll play, like the trivia one or like a drawing one she'll play. But if it's something where she has to like think about something and be creative, she doesn't she doesn't want to play it. So we have to we have to skirt around those games during playing Jackbox. But there was one occasion that I remembered um, from a couple of years ago. Now playing Jackbox with my like immediate family and a couple of like cousins and aunties and uncles and my grandparents were there. 
and my mum was like, oh, get get the game out. You know, the one that you play on your phones. Okay, we'll play Jackbox, mum. That's fine. And um, put it on. And I was like, we're going to play Quiplash because that was the one that my dad wanted to play. So I think all of the pe- like adults that were playing were kind of like, okay, we'll be you know mature because your cousin is like nine years old, so we won't put anything that's like too bad because she is playing the game. And um, there was I think about well we filled up the game. There was a couple of people in the audience, so we didn't really know who was playing until um, we got to the point where the quips were coming up, and there was a couple of like normal ones, you know, jokes without being too explicit and there was one answer that came up that was like really really explicit and like inappropriate and we were all looking around like oh my god who's put that in <laughs> who's done this because like she's like nine that this is not appropriate i can't remember what it was but it wasn't like awful but it was kind of like a step above what we'd all been doing mm. and then it flipped over and like revealed who it was and it was my nine-year-old cousin that had put it in and i looked over to her mum and dad and they were like oh my god who told you that and why have you done this what's happening and she was like i don't know i just i thought i didn't i just don't i just heard it before and like oh they were god. just absolutely mortified oh and i mean it was quite funny don't get me wrong but it was like they were mortified and i looked at my mom and she was like turn the game off just turn the game off just turn the game off now um but that was one experience where i just remember being like oh god we shouldn't have played this game (laughs) why did i think it was a good idea um but there has also been one a switch game that me and like my sister and my parents over christmas last year when we were stuck at home with covid played um ludo on my sister's switch and I don't know what it was about this. Either it was the game or because we've been stuck inside for so long and we were getting sick of each other. But this game of Ludo just transpired into a very intense, full-scale argument between the entire family. And we all just like went to bed, didn't say anything. It was like half past nine. And I was like, I'm going to bed. And I just went upstairs and I'm like, I've had enough. I'm upset with you all over this game of Ludo on the Switch. And I still don't know what it was about it that made me so angry, made us all so angry, but that game of Ludo caused some serious tension last Christmas for a good couple of days. And then we were all confused why we were even upset with each other in the first place. So yeah, family games are good, but my family seemingly can't be trusted to play games together. Mm -hmm. Fun. Yeah. So, Ben, what's your story? Well, like Peter, I've never had a particularly bad time with party games or anything like that. Uh, I I remember I took my PlayStation VR to my parents' house when it first came out. And uh, my grandma had a go on it. Oh. And uh, I put her in the the VR headset. She was sat on a chair. And uh, (laughs) it was the VR experience where you were in the shark cage. God, yeah. And you're lowered down. And... uh, she had a great time i don't think she really understood how it worked though because she was just sort of she wasn't like looking down or up or behind her or anything she was just sort of turning her head and going oh oh wow oh like your grandma you're you're, you're missing it you're missing a all shark the... grandma grandma look out for the shark oh oh <laughs> and that was it that was pretty much it so that was kind of <laughs> underwhelming uh hidden agenda is a play link game that i've played with my family but just my Uh, parents and my siblings Hmm. and uh, i played it with my siblings before and and they love it and my parents were were all in they were really enjoying it and they understood how it worked and 
the reason I've included it here is because Hidden Agenda has got a really weird ending where it just sort of finishes and like it it comes down to the wire at the end and if you make one wrong decision or like miss as tiny rubbish QTE that you have to drag a cursor on your phone screen to hit on the TV which is sometimes very difficult to do uh you just die and that's the end and that's exactly what happened and it was it was sort of we'd we'd played for you know two or three hours going through this this mystery and making decisions and then right at the end dead and then game over and then roll credits and it was like super flat like my parents were just sort of kind of disappointed because it just ended because of a stupid quick time event that none of us could manage to do in time and it was and then the ending is just you know it's the credits rolling and various bits of voiceover from characters like hmm wow, such a shame that this happened. And it's like, well, that didn't happen and that shouldn't have happened because we, we did everything right. We just messed up this one thing and then it just ended. But uh, yeah, that's about it though. On the whole, they tend to go very well, I think. Yeah. Love so I would recommend game. playing anything with your family except yes. uh, Jackbox or Ludo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's it. Maybe just with my family, just don't play those games. Yeah, maybe. Yours might be all right. You never know. Maybe. Who knows? Well, it's time to move on to something that's very large. Are we all ready? Yep. It's time Ended. for the big discussion. Big discussion. It's the big discussion. It's big discussion time. Thank you, Callum Story, for the big discussion this week, which is... Hey, Bap. Which announcements from the Game Awards got you excited and how did this year's show compare to previous years? Now, of course, uh, the Game Awards was last week at the time of recording. Yes. But we'd already done a podcast then, I think. So, you know, yeah. We recorded it, yeah. No time. No time to talk about it. Peter, <laughs> what did you think of the Game Awards? I thought it was... Uh, I think if you know what you're supposed to be getting out of the Game Awards, which is a bunch of trailers, then in that sense, it was all right. I mean, there, it wasn't... Um, there was I don't think there was anything that like absolutely blew me away with excitement but there were a bunch of things that I thought oh yeah you know that's good either either new reveals or um, additional like new trailers on stuff we already knew about so we'll get to those in a minute but uh, broadly speaking I thought yeah it was it was more it was more trailers uh, and yeah they, they did they did a few awards in between I know there's a lot of rhetoric online that says hello why are we not doing the awards at the game awards and i think if mm-hmm. that's what you want out of the game awards or if you value that as much as the trailers i can totally understand why you might be disappointed but as i say it's uh, to me it's about if you know what to expect from the game awards and if you're at peace with the fact that it is really just uh, a big you know kind of a corporate event in a sense or it's you know it's just a big advertising campaign um a lot of money changing hands then I don't mind. You know, that's what I sit down and watch it for. I don't. I don't sit down and watch it to find out who won the awards. I'd happily just go to bed and read about it in the morning, if not. Um, so, yeah, I I didn't mind that. I thought there was still a bit of a. I didn't really like the way that Jeff tried to address the Activision thing, but mm. refused to say Activision. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, then there was actually some totally reasonable uh, discussion about the fact that he said, "Oh yeah, uh, we don't want you know all these bad companies that they're, they're not they're not worth the the 
space and time and they need to you know look at themselves and then imme- immediately it was anyway here's quantic dream yeah. yeah so and that's a totally fair point we didn't really clock that at the time but i saw it after the fact and i thought oh yeah that is absolutely a valid uh, criticism so yeah. mm-hmm. that was the one thing that i probably found the most disappointing is that jeff refused to name activision which is the one he was really talking about and then actually yeah fair enough he then moved on to uh doing one of the kind of headline opening reveals was uh quantic dream game so he also talks a lot about like the players being responsible for like hate and stuff as well like it was like you know there's no room for for hate with you know everyone but players as well you shouldn't be online hate you know it's not important and i was like we're talking about the players right now jeffy just skirting around naming and shaming (laughs) activision blizzard he he Mm. wanted to just broadly say don't we hate it when bad people do bad things yeah Yeah, i hate bad stuff yeah we do but like brave what a brave stuff who's the the bad people yeah 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 so that was that was a bit of a disappointment but broadly speaking i went in there expecting trailers i liked some of the trailers so i came away satisfied but it wasn't it wasn't um maybe as good as last year i would argue Mm. um yeah ashton i have a hot take okay i think game awards was a mess okay i think (laughs) that it is so wrong in the way that it's done and it confuses me having never stayed up to watch a game awards before and it being my first one i'm was just baffled by the whole thing like it felt so weird i was like how is this the game awards because you called it the game awards but you've only really done five awards the rest you've just like powered through in the space of like 10 seconds Mm -hmm. you know we had like Here's 15 minutes of trailers. Now here's one award where they've got 30 seconds to talk and they actively have said, oh, we've not got long to say anything. Oh, I'm being rushed off. Yeah, Yeah, I've got to go now. And then we're going to power through like six more awards in the space of a minute when no one gets to come up and receive an award. And we don't even get to like dwell on the fact that these games have been given an award or anything. I think what has happened to the Game Awards is that Jeff, maybe he started off you know with a good idea but then he was like how do i pay for this oh adverts but now it is just adverts with a sprinkling of jeff talking about something every two every like 20 minutes that is just like a waste of everyone's time i think that if it's gonna do it they should have jeff's magical mystery night of fun after like an hour of the game awards just do all the awards just get them over and done with and if people don't watch people don't watch it and then after if you want to pay for your game awards you just put in all of the trailers like you just have jeff's Mm. magical mystery after party and he just has all of his like trailers that they play and that all the advertisements come in one go so you can actually for the people who do want to watch the awards and for the people that have worked their ass off to like win these awards try and get them actually have time to to like take it all in and Mm -hmm. talk about things because you know these devs have worked really hard to win these awards and then they don't even have a chance to like say anything they just like rush straight off and I was like, well, what's the point? Don't call it the Game Awards if the game, if the awards section is just going to be like your third thing that's most important in your list of like things that are important in this night. So I, I liked some of it. I was confused by the 
the whole like vibe of the the stream i thought it was weird i couldn't tell what who's was benefiting really in terms of like well i could jeff Keeley was benefiting but you know it was it was one of those things where it felt like no one really wanted to be there in person there was loads of people who were just kind of there to either deliver an award or you know just be nearby in case they might have won one i just kind of felt like it was all over the place really Mm -hmm. and i think that it it's not a game awards it's jeff Keeley's mates all hang around and he gets paid absolute bajillions to play some trailers and also was it it was a three in the morning (laughs) i was tired i was confused and tired and it's just yeah i think that i didn't really get it and i think Mm -hmm. you know he does such a good job with summer games fest and that's really well done and a lot of people look forward to that more so than e3 but yeah i just think it was all over the place and the whole activision blizzard thing was just stupid as well like not mentioning it and no one even bringing it up or anything yeah Mm. so Uh, i i will just correct myself i said that it was better than uh i said last year was better uh i actually meant 2019 but i keep forgetting what year it is Mm. (laughs) but yeah that's fair that's fair enough yeah yeah I'm I'm inclined to agree, Ashton. I've never watched uh, Game Awards live, and I've I've in fact never watched a full thing before, even when it used to be called the VGAs, um, mm. because I'd heard it was terrible, uh, <laughs> really mm. long. It started at an obscene time in the UK, and the awards aren't very important or prestigious. Um, that's not to say that the people who won them didn't deserve them, but they yeah. just are relegated so much and always have been that they just not they just don't matter. Like a game award doesn't mean anything at all because they don't make it mean anything. Yeah. Um, and the following morning, every single announcement and trailer is easily consumable on multiple websites. So there's almost no point in watching it live, and that's why I've never watched it live before. And by all accounts, they've come a really long way. They used to be just the worst and they have slowly and steadily improved. But you're right, Ashton, he's done so well with Summer Games Fest and uh, Gamescom Opening Night Live that why not just spin the awards off into its own thing? If you want to do a December showcase of a billion trailers, do that. Just don't have it attached to the Game Awards or... God forbid, uh, make the event longer and give people time to accept their bloody awards yeah. and actually talk about it and make a big deal out of it. Uh, the Activision stuff was stupid. Um, there were lots of games there. I've, I've seen this going around as well. Lots of games there that are from companies that are either wholly or are partially owned by uh, communist Chinese interests, which obviously is also a big red flag, but apparently mm. that's fine. I do feel for Jeff in the sense that he is in an impossible situation where he can't win because people from Activision were understandably sad that their games weren't shown off, like as in developers, not people who are, you know, Mm. because someone's done something bad. I think the quote was, I don't get to take my victory lap or our team don't get to take our victory lap for our hard work. So while I think it's the right decision for Activision stuff to not be there, there's Jeff couldn't do it right like there's not a right way for him to do it he could have done it better absolutely but I don't think there was a way for him to do it without getting any criticism Um, so it was a super interesting show and I'm glad we stayed up to stream reactions to it because I had a really fun time streaming reactions and if you've seen our reaction stream and you can watch it now on our VODs channel 
you can watch our minds unravel <laughs> in real time, and it's uh, it's quite a sight as it sort of goes from one a.m. to two a.m., three a.m., four a.m., and it's still going. And by the time they had a a physical pot boy prop from Elden Ring yeah. wheel onto the stage. I was gone. I just I didn't even know if what I was seeing was real anymore. I uh, didn't realize quite how early on in the evening the is this legs moment was. I in my mind was like so much later than it was, but it wasn't even that long into the stream. It was like an hour and a half. It's like two a.m. Oh my god! And we'd already you'll, lost it. Uh, is you'll this have legs? to watch our reactions to find out, or see the Twitch stream highlight, or the, just the stream highlight of the week yeah. uh, that went out. If you want to know what the hell that was about, um, but yeah, <laughs> I think the Game Awards is too long. It's too sort of confused about what it wants to be. It's clearly a gigantic marketing event. Um, and that's fine, as Peter said, if that's what you want. But yeah. come on, don't pull the wool over our eyes and Call not give people the chance to even accept yeah. some of their awards. You know, it was just, they weren't even reading the nominees for some of them. They were just showing up on screen like it was yeah, rubbish. Was, it just felt like such a slap mm-hmm. in the face. And-, and they did like a bunch of them during the pre-show where, you know, they did like, I think it was like um, sound design was just... Yeah during the pre-show with like the esports one mm. and i'm like some people would say that's like quite an important thing like that's a big yeah. deal for most games and you've just bunged it in the pre-show so yeah if we're accounting for the fact as well by the way that yeah you can just wake up in the morning and watch all the trailers then uh you know i'm with you in the i, I wouldn't stay up and watch that on my own no. for sure no um but you know, in the sense that I enjoyed the actual showcase of trailers, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was a reasonable showcase compared to last yeah. year. I thought the year before was better. But uh, yeah, in terms of the actual event, I'm with you in that, like, there should be more time for the awards. Don't call it the Game Awards and then not no. spend any time on the awards. I mean, that's no. just literally ridiculous. Call it Jeffrey's big December game bash. And I we'll all, we'll all know what it is. And Jeffrey's like, magical yeah. mystery evening, I think, is what is See, that'd what be, I keep that'd be nice it. too. You never know yeah. what's going to happen. Um, you've got Giancarlo Esposito there fumbling his lines. Um, yeah. You've got Pop Boy. Breaking boundaries. Breaking boundaries, yeah. You've got yeah. the the lady who's playing, um, is it Amanda Wallace, I think, in, um, uh, what's it called? Suicide Squad game came out. Oh, in yeah, real that life, was so yeah. weird. It's really like it's it's a real combination of cringe and. I'm not saying that I would ever in a million years tune in to watch an awards show for video games. It's the trailers that I'm there for. I'm glad people get these awards and they win them, but I'm personally mm. not interested in watching that. I want to yeah. I want to see the the uh, the trailers and the announcements, and I feel like that's probably the case with a lot of people. And I realise that's how Jeff pays for the game awards is by having this be one big marketing event. But it's just there's so much marketing that there's no time for any awards. So just give them their own event. I don't know how you fund it, but don't come on. Just also, stop! Stop pulling our leg here. What was the weird like snake motif? that was on the back like all the time yeah oh weird. yeah there was that like was a big weird wasn't it big brown snake thing yeah. yeah it's really strange i don't know um either way though why don't we run through our standout showings in terms of announcements and trailers and stuff maybe we just pass it from person to person and work around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah what do you think peter what was what was your first highlight uh well, not necessarily chronologically my first highlight, but I thought 
perhaps the most intriguing trailer for me was uh, Hellblade Senua's Saga. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. And like, if if we are actually to believe that that was true gameplay, as it was touted as, um, then that's fantastic. You know, it's true. Like the the new generation, that's what it's capable of. But uh, you know, I I'm still very much reserving judgment there on whether that was more of a vertical slice because. It just looked too good to be true, I yeah. think. But in any case, what, if if we just, uh, for now, take it as read that it was real, then I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it looked very good. I've also got that written down. Yeah, me um, too. It was, yeah. again, this was part of the issue with the show is that a lot of the really cool big stuff was right at the start. And then yeah, it just sort of got more true, sparse actually, yeah. as it went on. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. When you say one at a time, do you want to do one game? At, like go go between us. Yeah, yeah, just just time? pass it along. Yeah, uh, Ashton, to Ashton. What about you? Another okay. one. Okay. Um, I was really excited for Star Wars, and then I saw it by Quantic Dream, so <laughs> that made me not excited anymore. Um, yeah. but one I was actually really excited for was the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, um, gameplay trailer that we got looked mm-hmm. really cool, and I'm hoping that it is. A co-op experience, like couch or online co-op, similar to you know four-player like Borderlands kind of situation, but obviously not. Um, but it looked really cool. Like the the gameplay looked fun. It looked pretty dynamic. Um, kind of reminded me of Su- uh, Sunset Overdrive in like the yeah. the fluid of the movement and the combat and stuff. Um, but I think that looked really cool. So hopefully it won't be disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm. The first trailer looked pretty good for Suicide Squad in terms of like story CG CG trailer. But yeah, I think that looked pretty fun, and hopefully it will be good. Nice. I was also quite intrigued by a very problematic Quantic Dreams Star Wars game. Yeah, because. I really like their games and I know that David Quage is apparently an awful, terrible man and it's not a, there's a really bad work culture there. But I'm still really intrigued by this. It's a long way off and, you know, we'll see what ends up coming of the allegations at that studio and if this game will even be any good. But I'm surprised that if there's such a public stink about the studio that uh, Disney have signed off at all on them making a Star Wars game. Mm. Uh, but... We'll just have to see. Uh, Telltale's The Expanse and Star Trek games. I'm so glad Telltale is back. I don't really care for Star Trek and I've never watched The Expanse, but I'll probably play both of those because I like Telltale. Uh, just to touch on Star Wars uh, as well, I, in some ways I'm not that excited. Well, I'm, I'm disappointed it's Quantic Dream, but not even because of uh, the workplace practices, but also because although I thought detroit was all right i didn't really like heavy rain i don't i find those games they're kind of a bit laughable in the sense that you know we enjoy playing through the dark pictures anthology games as well and it's that kind of thing where yeah you can have a good time playing them but they're just a bit weird and like you know we've we've joked quite a lot even about detroit become human which is the one that i've enjoyed the most out of uh, the games that i've played so my concern is that it's just going to come out a bit odd and just feel a little bit like 
just a David Cage game that's been painted with Star Wars branding, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just a bit worried about that. I don't mind it being presumably a uh, narrative decision-based game set in a Star Wars world, although I don't typically play those games on my own free time. I would very much play a Star Wars game set in that kind of, you know, with, with that genre. But um, it being one of uh, their games specifically, for me as a solo experience just trying to sit at home and enjoy a new star wars game that that really puts a big question mark on it for me i think it would be it was probably going to be streamable uh in that sense and it'll be enjoyable to play through like it was when we played heavy rain in detroit but um yeah you know i'm i'm just i'm really not sure and beyond two souls i mean don't get me started on that. beyond two souls was not good i really no. liked detroit and heavy rain was like a complete game changer when it came out but it has since aged not very well mm. i'm confident yeah. they can make a very good game but yeah I, yeah we'll we'll have to wait and see mm-hmm. and they might have some level of you know disney or lucas execs like breathing down their neck making sure it doesn't get too out there as well you know they've, they've got the the lucasfilm story group who i think have their fingers in in many pies when it, i think basically right. whenever a book or a comic or a, anything is coming out uh you have continuity people saying um hmm so uh yeah um so the other thing i'm excited about even though i haven't played the first one is the second alan wake that's coming out oh, yeah, um, yeah. with the survival horror kind of twist that they've thrown at it um i really want to play the remake that's come out at some point um i just haven't got around to it yet so hopefully i can play that first and then have a go at alan wake too i think obviously it was just a kind of a teaser trailer and we got to speak Mm. to the man who was like really nervous but did a really good job good for him um and yeah i think that should be really good so hope well i say it should be hopefully it will be really good um and it'll be interesting to see their take on a survival horror because i mean control had elements of horror in it and alan wake in its nature is quite kind of dark and gritty so it'd be quite interesting to um see how they do horror and i mean it looks quite spooky in the trailer mm. anyway so should be good hopefully yeah mm. should be i need yeah. to play the first one yeah me too yeah, get caught up. uh what about that somerville from some of the people who made limbo and inside oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. i forgot that was shown did we figure out if that was nice. the same one as before with the dot yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah. it is it's got to be. Imagine if two games like that existed at once. I think there was, I mean, citation needed, but I think the original, the Play Dead, I believe the studio was that did Limbo and Inside, um, like some of the people fell out with each other maybe. And so right. these guys splintered off and started doing their own thing, even though it looks exactly like Limbo. I may be wrong. Maybe I may be... both splinter groups are making it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I may be conflating studio fallouts here, but that, that may well be what happened. But uh, yeah, if, they, if there were two of them making very similar looking games, that'd be quite funny. But uh, no, Somerville looks great. Looking forward yeah. to that. Um, also to... Uh, you know, to touch on games that we've already seen, but we saw a little bit more. Uh, the more I see a Forspoken, the more excited yeah, I get. That like, was next right from the beginning, I thought it looked great, but when we saw that extra bit of gameplay and stuff uh, at TGAs, I was like, hell yeah, can't wait for this. So it's probably for me, it might be one of my most anticipated games of uh, the next. I think it is. 
I think they've said next year, haven't they? Uh, May 24th, I think, is what that... Yeah. Is. I think we got yeah. our first date on this trailer. Yeah, May mm-hmm. 24th. Yeah, so nice. very excited for that. Can't wait. Mm. Uh, we also got another look at Tachia. Yeah, um, my other one. And that's coming out in 2020, like spring 2022. So hopefully I haven't got long to wait for that one. Um, mm. Coming out with everything else in spring 2022, um, yeah. because everything is. Um, mm-hmm. That game looks so cute, and I am excited for it. Hopefully, it will it'll be fun. Nice little, nice little jaunty um, experience. But we got quite a look at gameplay this time, didn't we? We got um, yeah some look at combat and kind of moving around the area. So that looks quite fun. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Should be good. Mm-hmm. I reckon. Yeah, my only concern with that, as I've had with a few games that are similar, where it's beautiful, indie, roam around an island, vibing. What What do you actually do though? Mm. Like, what's What What is Is there a story? What's the goal? I don't know. Not every game needs a story, but I feel like I need a story <laughs> from most games to keep remember. me hooked. We might so... need to go back and watch it, but I can't remember if there was a little bit about the story in the new trailer. But I haven't mm. watched it since. The I think it was a little bit of two in the morning. Dialogue, so. wasn't yeah, it? Maybe I not. I might be conflating. So. I think I remember there being some kind of story element in in it. Mm. Um, I just hope it has a focus, you know, like mm. a, th- a main thrust. Yeah, that I can get engaged with. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that looks lovely. Anything else, Ben? Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Oh yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, I will. I will play that when that comes out again. That's pretty soon. Then what? March. March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. That's pretty exciting. Um, the last thing I've got on here is Elden Ring, which obviously mm. still looks yeah. good, but they didn't need to show it. I think it's kind of weird that it won the award for most hyped video game or whatever, and, yeah. and then they had a tra- like a gameplay trailer to show. I thought that was a bit sus, but that's fine, I suppose. Um, mm. But yeah, I really didn't need to see that trailer because I think I know what it's all about. You know, yeah, you do get that sometimes. Yeah. You sort of, sometimes you want them to stop advertising stuff you know like well i just want to play it now and i don't really want the spoilers and stuff it's like i feel that way about um uh i think i said this at the time actually when they finally dropped a a new lego star wars gameplay trailer like some months ago i was like at this point i'm not going to watch it i've been waiting for that trailer and a release date to come out but you know what i'm not watching that now because i know i'm going to play it so just (laughs) yeah you know just give me the game Absolutely. So I've just remembered, just this second. Mm. It's not. I'm not excited for it. But do you remember the Gollum game? I've written yes. this down as a game that I'm now less excited for. <laughs> it looks <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's still, it's a so CG weird. trailer. It looks so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. Like yeah when they announced that, I thought, oh, that's intriguing. You know, if it's like maybe a third person, you know, action adventure game or something. I don't know what genre that game is i've not really looked into it. i just know it exists but mm-hmm. seeing that and how weird he looked i'm now slightly less invested <laughs> so hopefully they'll pull it back yeah. um, maybe do a bit of a sonic movie and just tweak him at the last minute yeah yeah maybe so it's maybe weird. well and how did you guys feel let me just ask mm-hmm. how did you guys feel about the uh the matrix unreal didn't experience? like it no didn't i didn't like i saw it. some people like it, really yeah. bigging it up after the awards it finished. Well, they so were like, "This strange. is the future of gaming." I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I, I haven't played is. the free demo thing. No, I think I a lot of people have been very impressed with that. But certainly, that trailer footage they showed—the the faces looked so wrong. I didn't like mm. it. Yeah, I think the issue is the thing that they keep doing in 
games where like they're using kind of Unreal 5 or even Unreal 4 is making faces that we already know and already exist in our minds. Like we know what Keanu Reeves looks like. We know what Mm, Carrie Ann Moss looks like. We've seen the movie. This looks wrong because we know their faces so well. They're like one of those faces that we can just picture in our heads. So when you show us this weird Uncanny Valley version of them, it's much weirder than if it was a a person that has been rendered solely and created in this engine yeah, to be a face. person. Probably got yeah, you've probably got a point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. the issue with it. I think, because I imagine there's there's games that like are very close to realistic of people, but they never look so uncanny valley because they're not people we've ever seen before in real life. Like Aloy, mm. obviously we've never seen her before. So she would never look as uncanny valley, in my mind anyway, to a face that we have seen a lot before so maybe that's where why it made us feel so weird and uncomfy was because we know those faces so well Mm, but i think i'm going to try and give it a go this weekend people have been saying it's really good and um that it's really a look into unreal 5 but yeah the trailer was weird (laughs) it was so weird they look like they made a jelly yeah 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 that's very odd Well, make sure you let us know what you think of all the things we've discussed this week in the comments below and various other places around the internet. Peter's going to tell you where you can find us right now. Hello, we're on YouTube and Twitch at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. It's where all of our content goes out on the internet. We stream on both, by the way. Uh, When we're streaming on Twitch, uh, you can get a essentially a free twitch sub it's bundled in with your amazon prime if you've got that so consider spending your uh your twitch prime uh sub on us if you like um and when we're streaming on both of those channels we're modded by lobrotovich trowling badger and mr black thank you mods we've got social media at twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump we have video and live stream announcements over on twitter um although now we're putting out some of those video announcements on facebook as well which Mm. is handy um and also we've got some like old video content going out on facebook uh we're occasionally doing facebook lives as well that may or may not be the case depending on how lockdown affects that not that we couldn't do that from home but we'll just see how things go with that uh thank you to fraser for looking after our social media presence uh, and finally from me patreon.com forward slash team triple jump is where you can go to have a look at all of our patreon tiers there are many of them with many different rewards uh go and check them out please mm-hmm we have a website. It's triplej.mup. That's triplej.mp. And if you want to join our Discord, you can go to triplej.mup forward slash Discord. Hang out with our amazing community. Share what kind of things you've been making and creating. Um, when we're on Discord, they're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollowise. And if they tell you to do something, do it. Um, we also have this podcast available in its audio form. I know that technically this is audio form, regardless of where you're watching it, because... Um, we're at home but if you want to listen to it on the go maybe you're getting a train home or you don't know walking going for a family walk in your wellies and you don't want to have to listen to them so you put a mm-hmm. podcast on check out the podcast at triplej.mup forward slash podcast and see where you can find it in all of its audio forms um mm. 
If you want to watch one of our live streams because you've missed one of the ones during the week, never fear. We have upload all of our VODs at triplejerd.mup forward slash VODs to check out all the ones that we've if you've missed, if you have missed them. And finally, from me, um, if you want to buy some merch, you can go to triplejumpshop.com. We've got lots of new merch out at the moment. Scarf, t-shirt, jacket, pin, tin, other things still available from before. CD. CD. I don't know if- I don't know if we've still got them, but we might I think we do. might have a few, but we're running low. We're running low. CD. Um, so that's triplejumpshop.com for all of your merchy needs. And if you want to find out when the next merch drop is happening or keep in the loop, follow Triple Jump Shop on Twitter. And if you receive any merch, maybe for Christmas, tag us in it on Twitter. We'd love to see you rocking it. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not follow Peter and Ashton on Twitter and Instagram at that's Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday being the joint stream. Blaze it. Blaze it on YouTube. Uh, Monday to Friday being the uh, the solo streams on uh, Twitch. Uh, Worst Games Ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. We do the podcast every Saturday and we do shows all the flipping time. Why not leave a five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Remember, go to facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Give us a follow there. Please, please, please. We'd really, really appreciate it. It'd help us out a lot. You know why we're doing it. It's so we can start monetizing our video content and then we can make the channel even better. So thank you in advance. There is... So much coming your way over the Christmas break. We'll be uh, running down the exhaustive list uh, next week on the podcast, uh, but we've still got some stuff coming your way between now and then, including main menu, Christmas-themed mm. cooking. It went really well, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, it went it so went, well. It definitely went. Mm-hmm. Put your best headphones on and... and- it's experience, a, it's a weirdly, experience it's a weirdly it. auditory experience considering it's a cooking show you'd think that would be more visual but mm-hmm. um yeah get your get your sound bar boosted <laughs> and so on terrible it's gonna be great absolutely yeah. terrible the tat appeal 2021 video is ready to go and it will be out later today at the time of recording saturday evening it should be good to go we have had an obscene amount of tat and it was extremely generous and we're very humbled by it and we really appreciate it so many of you were so lovely and generous um and we had a complete nightmare trying to export the video once it had been edited it just did not want to happen so we managed to do it finally it's taken about a week and a half but it is now exported and at the time of recording it's nearly ready to go so mm-hmm. keep an eye out. That's not all, though, is it? No. No. Uh, Ashton, please, please go ahead. It's okay. I just kind of wanted to shout no. Um, we also have a Weirdest Games Ever coming this weekend. Uh, we mm. all forgot it was the Christmas episode until the very last minute. So it's not a Christmas game, if that's what you're expecting. Um, but it's fun. I get to play the game, and these guys get to make fun of me the whole time. And yeah. I may or may not cry. Hmm. You have to um, watch it to find out. Yeah, that's a good point. Just remember, yeah, no, that may or may not happen. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, finally, once again, the Patreon Game of the Year votes will be open very soon. So keep an eye out on Patreon and also Twitter as well, where where a notification will be going out. So uh, Also, are. next week's podcast questions will have already been out at time of release because we're recording it early next week because otherwise we'll be recording it on christmas eve so um <laughs> yeah. it's it's gonna be out it's out already so you should be able to add your christmasy questions onto the list if you haven't already gone over to patreon to do that yeah so, yeah there. please go and do that 
Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Just enough time for Peter to tell us about this week's sponsor once again. Hey, look out for the horrible Uncanny Valley faces of Barbara Windsor, Sid James, Kenneth Williams, other people too who I can't remember from the ensemble cast. Coming now, uh, The Matron Awakens, an Unreal 5 engine... Uh, Unreal Engine 5 experience. It's going to be great. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Look after yourselves, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.